third week of a series based on what I think is I think is the most brilliant, gifted, genius, communicator, miracle worker, life-giving figure who's ever lived in history. I think that Jesus is more than what people give him credit for. I think people look at Jesus of Nazareth as their get out of hell free card, as as the only the only really relevance he has to my life is is my death and sort of what happens after death. And it's important. And if you haven't settled that question, today I want to give you a chance to do that. It's important uh, that, that you make Him Lord of your life and settle the question of eternity. But what if, what if you could have a relationship with Jesus such that it affected your day-to-day life? Like your Mondays got better. Like your marriage got better. Come on, everybody. Like, like your relationships at work got better. Like joy came back into your heart. Like you, you had peace again instead of anxiety and stress and worry and fear. What, what, what if you could apply the principles of what I think is, is the most brilliant communication, what I think is not just an escape out of this world, what I think is the expert on your life. What if you could apply the miracles, the inspiration, the warning, the teachings of this genius to your life, surrender your life to Him so that your life could be what He promised it would be, and, and that's abundant. You can have abundant life. How many of you would like that kind of life? Come on, raise your hand, everybody. If somebody beside you's hand's not up, look at and just say, are you going to do anything today? Are you going to do anything? It's just going to be what's going to happen. You're not going to raise your hand. You're not going to say amen or nothing. So, I want that abundant life, and I want it for you. I want you to live a blessed life. I want your life. I want your marriage to be blessed. I want you to actually, imagine this. I want you to come to church smiling. I want you to not fight in the car. Just look straight ahead if you fought in the car so we don't know it's you. I want you to not yell and cuss and fuss at your kids. I want you to not kick your dog. That's a hard one for me, by the way. I want you to, I want you to not lose your temper. I want, you to, I want your finances to be. What if, you, what if you actually had a whole year you weren't stressed about money? Come on, everybody. Would that be something? Like, I want everything in your life to be most blessed. I want you to live an abundant life. And to do that, I think you're going to have to surrender your life to the one who knows about your life. Say amen to that. I think you got to give everything to Him. I think everything in your life belongs to Him, and you got to return it back to Him. And so today, if you haven't caught up to this series, we sort of looked at why I think you can trust Him. And then last week we talked about a particular story, and if you didn't hear that message, catch up online on that message. Today I want to look at who, who Jesus says He was, like a first-hand account. Like if you're wondering what I think about me, this is who I am. A lot of people sort of have you know, their own idea of who Jesus is or what Jesus is good for. Most people think, well, it's, he, he's the guy that you know, he just gets me out of you know, hell. I mean, this, you know, I just, he's a good teacher, and, and, and maybe he was God, maybe he wasn't, but you know, he, came for, he, he came for me not, not to go to hell and, and to go to heaven. So some people, Christians, may would say, well, I, he, just, he's kind of my, he, he comes in the clutch when I didn't study, and my last prayer is, God, please help me not fail. Come on, somebody. Like, please, God, my parents are paying a lot of money for this. Please don't let me fail again out of this. And then I have to pretend I just changed my major. This looks straight ahead. I know you. And, and so you try. You just, I just, Jesus, I just, I would just need you to get me through this day. Come on, we're all the stay-at-home moms. Jesus, just don't let me kill them today. Come on. Let them live another day, Jesus. Let, them, let, me, let, let me let them live another day. Jesus, just I, I, you're just the big man. I hear people say this. You're just the big man upstairs. Come on, I, that, oh, it's always funny to me. You're just the big guy upstairs. What if he's more than the big man upstairs? He's more than your get out of hell free card. He's more than the I didn't study for the test, help me pass it. He's more than your ATM when you overspent. He's more than just that. What if he's the expert in your life? 
What if he has something that you need to be connected to? Would you look at me? What if he's, what if he's the only source of, of real life that you have? What, what if everything else that you'll attach yourself to won't give you what he will? What if everything else that you chase in your life, you spend 70, 80, 90 years of your life chasing something else, fame and fortune and money and people and relationships and status and, and, and popularity and acceptance and validation and security. And what if none of that feels for you what only Jesus can? And, and I, think that's, I think that's true. And I want, I want to show you today what he said about himself. And, and I'm still in the Gospel of John. I didn't plan to be this way. I just sort of camped out in the Gospel of John for a couple of weeks. We may be here next week. We may not. Come back. I don't know. I just, we'll just see what happens. But I'm in the Gospel of John again. Last week we were in John 5 uh, about the man at the pool of Bethesda. And we talked about sort of the system that, that existed there. A few chapters later, John 15 is where we'll be today. If you have your Bibles and you want to flip there, hold your finger there. John 15, Jesus is teaching. And it's a very important teaching. As a matter of fact, it's not like teaching from a pulpit like I'm doing today. It's more of a conversation. Jesus is sitting at a meal with his closest friends, family, confidants. Even Jesus was in a small group, everybody. Even Jesus had a group of people that he hung around with and ate dinner with. And, 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 and so he's, he's sitting in this meal with his closest confidants, the people that he has done life with, not only for the last three and a half years of his public ministry, but, but more, more than often, people would believe there's other pe- there may be other people there that have, that, that have leaned in, that 33 years of his life, that there are other people around, his mother and, and family, and, and, and they're all in this room and just sharing a meal together. And Jesus begins to say this. If you, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, take a look at the screen. Jesus says in, in John 15, I am the, everybody say out loud, true vine. I'm the true vine. Interesting how you say that. And my father is the gardener. God the father is the gardener. And he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. I didn't highlight it, but underline it in your Bible. And while every branch that does not bear fruit, there's that word again, underline it in your Bible. He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. There it is again, underline it in your Bible. Three times in this passage is the word fruit. He said, I'm the true vine, and, 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 and God, he, He'll cut off everything that doesn't bear fruit in me. In me. In other words, I'm not, I'm not asking you to do this on your own, but in me, if, if you'll bear fruit, you, you, you'll make, if you won't bear fruit, He'll cut off everything. And if you will bear fruit, He's still going to prune back some stuff in your life so that you'll be more, more fruitful. Let me, let me stop right here. I didn't say this in the first service, but i got to tell you, that some of the stuff in your life is not the enemy attacking you, against you, taking away from you. Some of it's God pruning you back so He can get more fruit out of you. Some of the stuff you've lived through is not the enemy te- te- tearing you down, burning the tree down, uh, plucking it up, digging it up. No, it feels that way. But what if it's God the Father saying, I know there's more in here. i got to cut back some of this stuff that's dying on the outside so I can get more fruit out of your life. That was free, by the way. You didn't pay for none of that today. Next verse, you're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. And then here, here he goes again, underline this, remain in me. Jesus is talking to his closest disciples and friends and says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. Because no branch can bear fruit by itself. 
It must remain in the vine. There's this idea of remaining. Matter of fact, another translation, it says abiding or remaining or staying connected to. Next verse, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Because I am, he's going to say it one more time, I'm the vine. And you are, we are the branches. And if you'll stay connected to the vine, remain in me. I'll stay connected to you. This is a two-way street, by the way. The God of the Bible is not just interested in what you can give Him. He really is more interested in how He can bless you, how He can use you, how He can use the purpose that He gave you to change the world. Say amen to that, everybody. He said there's this remaining that we have in one another, and if that happens, you will bear, everybody say, much fruit. That's the plan God has for your life. Not get by fruit. Not, well, I didn't kill my wife after 20 years fruit. Not, well, we, just, we don't have the best marriage, but we got an okay marriage fruit. Not, well, I'm not, I'm not totally fulfilled in what I'm doing for a career, but it pays the bills fruit. Not, well, my kids aren't totally messed up. They come to church at least once a year fruit. He said, I want you to bear a lot of fruit. I want your life to be fruitful and blessed and honestly if you don't hear anything else today I want you to hear this God's plan for you is not for you to just barely get by I'm on a mission like the Blues Brothers from God I'm on a mission from God against Christians who think they just can barely get by I'm on a mission on depressed Christians anxious Christians fearful Christians worried Christians tired Christians exhaust Christians I'm ready for you to live an abundant life that God has planned for you shout amen Only the people that are clapping are the people that want what I'm talking about. Everybody else, you know what it's like to live. Depressed, anxious, fearful, worried. What if you could live abundant? I'm not saying you don't have a bad day or two or a week or a month or a year. I'm just saying what if you had something on the inside of you that was consistently harvest season after harvest season producing fruit in your life. You'll bear much fruit, but apart from me, underline this last thing and we'll teach. Apart from me, you can do, everybody shout the word nothing. You can do nothing. And the subject is so important today. Let me tell you why it's important. Let me give you some context of where we are. We're in the Gospel of John in the 15th chapter. If you look back two, two chapters, it's John 13. John 13 is the beginning of what we call the Last Supper. Let me pause here and tell you that I, I know that Jesus was from the South. That's why I love Him as because I'm Southern and He's Southern. Because only people from the north would call it the last dinner. If you're southern, it's the last supper. Come on. That's right. That settles that once and for all. If Jesus calls it supper, it's supper. Quit calling it dinner. That's something else. Dinner's where you got to get dressed up. Supper's what we're eating tonight. You know what I'm trying to say. So he goes to the last supper, and, and, and all of his disciples are there, the people that he loves the most, the people that he cares for the most, the people that have been with him the most, the people that are in, intricately involved in his life, and he's involved in their life the most. So we, we start the Last Supper, and then in John 18, three chapters later, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's betrayed by Judas. The Romans take him away to a faulty trial. They try him all night long against Roman law, by the way. They try him all night long, multiple trials, find him guilty, and then begin the process of crucifixion up Golgotha. So this is of paramount importance. It's sandwiched in between the Last Supper where he talks about His body and His blood and the new covenant and the crucifixion. And right in the middle is a dinner conversation. It's Jesus around a table with the people that He loves the most. It is His final meal 
And what he chooses to talk about is so important. You ever think about what, you ever play this game, what, what your final meal is going to be? Anybody ever think about that? Anybody think about food as much as I do? Where you at on that? How, how, many, how many of you like steak? Like that's the final meal. If I had to eat it the rest of my, there you are. All the beef eaters. This is Texas. This is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about wimpy steak either. I'm talking about filet. I'm not talking about a six ounce. Six ounces is for girls. If you're a dude, you do not order six ounces of anything. I'm talking about a big fillet, and if it doesn't have bacon around it, it's not good. Go kill, a, go, go kill another animal, put it around this animal. Come on, somebody. Wrap that animal around this animal. That's because I'm a man in his Texas, and I drove here in a truck. That's exactly right, Rudy. Steak. How, how, many, of you, how many of you, if your last meal, like, you're, you're just, you just love Asian, like, you know, Chinese food, Japanese food, like, I can eat it every time. If it was my last meal, it's what I want. Where you at on that? Absolutely nobody. Fantastic. How, how many... <laughs> You, you don't want your last meal to be gassy. You know what I mean? You don't, want a, you don't want a heartburn going to heaven. Nobody wants that. How many of your last meal be something your mama cooked? Come on, just mama's casserole. Just where you, Some of y'all live at home. You better raise your hand. Come on. just yeah, just That's my favorite meal, mama. If I, just, if I couldn't have anything else, I'd have that last meal like that. How many of you like authentic Mexican? Just Mexican food. Where you, all the, all the, the authentic. Now you get, oh, I live, there you are. I li, I, so I live in Central Texas, and we have a few, like, like Oscar and Karina, that, that, that were born and raised in Mexico. And, 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 and so they always tell us that our food isn't, it's not, it's not Mexican. You know, you know, I need to bring you real tacos. I'm like, brother, listen to me. Torchies and Mary's is real tacos. You understand what I'm telling you? You. That's real tacos. That's going to heaven kind of tacos. I don't want authentic Mexican food. I want Tex-Mex as my last meal. Where you at on that? I want queso on everything. That's what I want. I want queso on queso. I want y'all got any more queso back there? I want flour tortillas. I don't. It's a it's a waste of corn to make them into tortillas. I'm anointed right now talking about Tex-Mex. Y'all don't watch. That's got to be. If somebody asks you what his last meal is, y'all look at me. My wife's here. This is my dying wish. Make it Tex-Mex. Somebody bring me papacitas or chewies or something. You know what I'm saying? Just your last meal. And Jesus is sitting at his last meal. And he's sitting with the people that he loves the most. So I want you to suppose with me that you're at your last meal and the people around you are the people you love the most. My, my friends, my family, the people that I've, that I've done the, the, the most life with. And I know, what if you knew that you were about to die? What if you could plan this is the final meal? What would you say to the people at the table? What would you say to the people that, that you love the most? What would you say to, what would you say to the, your spouse, to your children, to, 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 to your friends that have been with you in the highs and lows? Would, would, would anybody say, please don't forget to mail the light bill? Nobody. Would anybody ask what the score was? By the way, if you're wondering, the Spurs won. That's what the score was. Would anybody, would anybody ask about their bracket in the final four? Nobody. By the way, the SEC is winning. You're welcome for that too. Would, would, any, would, anybody, would anybody ask, how much money do we have in the bank? No, no, no. If I knew that I knew this was the last time we were all together, listen to me. If my family, look down the row. If your family was sitting around the table and you knew that you knew you were going to die after this meal, what would you say? What would be the things that were most important to you? I'll tell you what you'd do. You'd do exactly what Jesus did. You would say, I have to choose my words carefully. I only have a short amount of time. This is our last meal together. i got to give you what, what I consider to be the most important thing you got to know. 
Here's some life lessons I learned. Here's some stuff that I want you to go away with. Here's some things that I want you to carry with you. Here's something that's super profound. If, if, if I was, God forbid, in my last meal with my children, I'd say, here's what I want you to know. Here's the things that matter most in this life. Here's the things that will help you in this world. And Jesus is at His final meal. He knows full well it's His final meal. And the people that are closest to Him, His disciples, His friends, His family are all around. And He says what He considers to be, I need you to know this. If you don't know anything else about me, if you don't remember anything else I've taught you in three and a half years, if you don't remember anything else in our ministry, I want you to remember this, John 15 and 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you'll remain in me and I remain in you, you'll bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. That was the last conversation. Imagine the weightiness of the final conversation. Why? Why would Jesus use His final conversation with His disciples before the death, burial, and resurrection to talk about vines and trees and branches? I, 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 think, I think I know, and it's going to be a simple message. I know some of you came for deep. You came to the wrong church. I'm sorry about that. This is, uh, this is going to be a simple message, but I hope, I hope you walk away with something that helps you. I'm not much of a botanist. I've got to be frank with you. I kill uh, everything, including my grass. Uh, at my house, my HOA uh, hates me, and I live next to the HOA president, and he really hates me. He's actually begun spreading fertilizer in my grass. He hates it so bad. It's part of my plan, by the way. Anyways, so I'm I'm not I'm not much I'm not much of a botanist. I don't have really a, a, a green uh, thumb, but but I do know the illustration Jesus was trying to make. Jesus was trying to say, I am. The vine, a better translation of vine would be, I'm the, I'm the tree trunk. It's the, 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 the people he was talking to would understand more than vines like growing up the side of a house. They would understand it as something that grew deep into the ground. He said, I'm the vine. I'm connected to the source. I only do what my father tells me to do. I'm, I'm here completing the business my father gave me. I, I only say what my father tells me to say. I'm connected to the source that, that I have. And, 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 and my father gave all power in heaven and earth to me, by the way. And, and so now I, have, now I have all of that power and I'm connected to the, the source. And everything that you need, because you are the branches. And everything that you need will come from the source. Everything that these branches need to live comes from me. The, the, the tree, the, the vine represents Jesus that's planted in soil. It's sturdy. It's stable. It's not going anywhere. It's, the, the wind can blow. Things can get out of hand. And, and, and the leaves may fall off, but the tree remains. The vine stays there. Are, are you following what I'm telling you? There, there are things that could, there's storms that could come into this tree's life and it's shaken, but more often than not, that vine, that branch, that it's going to stay all the way in the ground. And not only is it planted in sturdy, but it's planted in fertilizer. It has nutrients. It has, it has food. It has everything that the branches need. It's been watered. I watered it last night. It's been watered so that everything that the branches need is connected to the vine. Everything that this branches need to produce fruit, it can find in the vine. And if you leave that branch long, long enough connected to that vine, 
given time, it's going to grow. It's going to grow taller than it currently is. It's going to flower. It actually gets beautiful. And it go, it's going to mature. It's going to grow up. We're going to take it out of that pot, transplant it into the ground, by the way, because you can't grow up unless you're planted somewhere. Everybody say amen to that. you got to get planted in the ground. And, and, then, and then a year after year, this same vine, this same, it will not transform. It's going to be exactly the same. It's going to get bigger. It's going to grow. It may look a little different, but it's the same exact tree trunk it's always been. And I plant it in the ground, and it's going to grow. And then eventually, year after year, it will produce a harvest. And, 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 and you, you, do you know the best thing about when you plant a tree? This is just a side note, by the way. Is that when, you, when it grows up to maturity, it provides shade for other things. By the way, you were never created to grow just for you to produce fruit. You were created so you could help somebody else. Because everything that the plant needs, everything the tree needs, everything the leaves needs, everything the Bradford pears on this tree will need to produce, everything the flowers will need is connected to the vine. And if you'll treat, the, if everything stays connected to it, it'll grow. And here's the reason, write this down, because healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. If your marriage is healthy, it's growing. Now, I don't mean multiple wives or, you know, we're not doing sister wives. We're not talking about that. Don't go home and say, Pastor said, you know. No. I'm, I'm saying, is it growing in love and understanding? Is it, gro- is it growing in depth? Is it growing in intimacy? Healthy things grow. Is your spiritual life growing? Are you the same immature Christian you were when you first got saved? Do you still, not in God's Word, not, don't have a prayer life that's growing? Don't, don't, you haven't grown your, your, your relationship with the Holy Spirit and praying in the Holy Spirit and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to move in your life? Is it growing? Because healthy things are going to grow. Is the relationship with your kids growing? Healthy things are, are, are going to grow. If it's not, if it's not healthy, it, it doesn't grow. But if, if, if everything just stays connected to this, these are going to grow. It's going to produce fruit. If you give it enough time and just a couple of harvest seasons, that's going to produce fruit. It's got everything it needs self-contained to let these branches do what they were called to do. Are you following what I'm telling you? Because when you stay connected, write this down, staying connected produces fruit. These branches will do what they were created to do, what they were designed to do. All of these branches will do the thing that God designed them when He created them. When He put them in the Garden of Eden, they they had a plan in their life. Every seed-bearing thing would then give seed off and it would grow again and again, harvest season after harvest season. And it would continue to produce fruit after fruit after fruit as long as it stayed connected to the vine. And your life was not meant to be a roller coaster of decades worth of I don't know how we're going to make it and a few years of good. And, and, and this, this is a bad year and this is a good year. And who knows if we're going to get through this week or through next week. Your life was designed with purpose and plan and destiny so that every single year at harvest season your life would produce harvest. That's what God designed your life for. Your marriage would be fruitful. Your relationships would be fruitful. Your business would be fruitful. Your joy would grow. Your peace would deepen your relationship with God would grow are you still awake shout amen that everything that you need for growth is there as long as you're connected to the vine that's the way you were designed the problem Jesus said is there are some people who live their lives disconnected disconnected from their life source disconnected from the nutrients This is a branch 
It's the same branch that it was 10 seconds ago. It looks the same, smells the same, appears the same, can recreate some stuff, but it's disconnected from its life source. It's disconnected from the thing that gave it life. And if staying connected produces fruit, Jesus said, being disconnected produces not a bad harvest. Listen, let me, let me teach you through this. This is a misconception of Christianity. Well, uh, you know, Jesus and I just have an understanding. No, the only understanding Jesus has with you is if you're connected, you're fruitful. If you're disconnected, you can do nothing. He doesn't have an understanding for you to have a bad harvest year. Oh, I'm teaching good right now. He doesn't have an understanding with you for you to just have a few down years of harvest. That's not God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life, even when the storms come, even when you bury a spouse, even when you lose a child, even when things are dark and doomed and you don't have a clue where it's going to happen, God's plan for your life is if you'll stay connected, you'll always produce fruit. When you get disconnected, you will never produce any. Anything. God's plan for Christianity is not a bad harvest. It's always fruit. It's always fruit. Now listen, here's, here's, here's what i got to teach you. That connectivity alone isn't enough. That staying connected to the vine is not enough. Let, 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 me, let me prove it to you. You've got to stay connected to the right vine. Well, watch this, John 15 and 1. Jesus said, I am the, everybody say true vine. I'm the true vine. If there's a true vine, there must be a... False vine. There must be something in your life that you can connect to that's false. Jesus said it's not enough to just be connected. you got to be connected to the thing that cares for you. This, the, 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 this, this vine, this tree, it cares for the branch. It provides for the branch. It feeds the branch. It understands the needs of the branch. It's intimately close to the branch. It's interested in the branch's growth and productivity. Its health is connected because this branch didn't just appear on its own. It appeared out of growth. From the vine. And when you disconnect it from the true vine that it was made to be connected to, now it can't produce anything. And some people live their lives not just disconnected. We, we know with this ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. I, I disconnected from God. Things started going south. I don't know what to do. And so we start connecting ourselves to things that aren't true. I know what I'll do. I'll just get a better job. If I can make more money, if I can just climb the corporate ladder, then I'll start producing fruit. I'll finally be happy again. We'll finally have peace again. The things will finally start coming together again. And so we connect our lives to the corporate ladder. And we work 70 hours a week, 80 hours a week. We're never at home. We're chasing everything we can get, every promotion we can get. And you do it for 10, 15, 20 years. And then you look back over your life and you realize there's no more fruit than the day you started. Maybe more money. No more fruit. Are you connected? Yes or no? Yes. You're just not connected to the true vine. You're connected to something that doesn't matter. So you do that for 10, 15 years, 5, 6, 7 years. You realize that's not going to work. i got to connect to something else. I know what's wrong. I'm in the wrong relationships. If I can just get a better woman, I know that's what's wrong. This woman don't cook. She don't do nothing. I, I got the wrong one. I picked a bad one. Come on, everybody. I, I, it's amazing to me. People have been married 9, 10, 12 times. They just got a bad picker. You know, it's never them. And, and, and so you think, man, I, maybe I just, I know what I'll do. I'll get another relationship. I'll connect to that. I'll find my identity in him. I'll find my value in her whatever they say that I am that's what I am I'll connect to that I'll hitch my dreams to them I'll hitch my vision for my life to them I'll sacrifice my family I'll sacrifice what God's called me to do I'll give everything else up and I'll just stay connected to them and 10 years later 5 years later 2 weeks later you wake up and you realize I connected to the wrong thing and I've got no more fruit are you connected yes or no
you're just connected to the wrong thing. Okay, relationships aren't going to do it. Money's not going to do it. I know what I need to be. I need to be Instagram famous. That's what I need to be. If people just knew who I was, I got something to say. I just need people to know me. That's what I need. I just need people to find me. If you can find me, if, if I can just be famous, I want to write a book. It's, if, I can just, if I can just get my story out, people never heard what I got. I'm, I'm going to do everything I can so people know me. They can find me. I want people to know who I am, what I've been through, where I've been. I'll sacrifice my dignity. I'll sacrifice my modesty. I'll sacrifice my family. I'll give up stuff I said I never would I'll go places I said I never would just so everybody knows who I am knows by name everybody thinks I'm somebody that I'm really not I'll pretend to be I'll put on a face I'll filter my whole life and you realize two years five years twenty years later your life is still no more fruitful there's still no joy there's still no peace there's still no gentleness there's no kindness coming out of you you're still got a bad temper you still can't sleep at night you still have to take pills to be able to get rid of your fear you still worry yourself to death you're still anxious and have anxiety why do you think it is? it's not because you're not connected are you connected? yes or no? you're just connected to the wrong thing Jesus said I'm the true vine I want you to look in your life and say what am I connected to? Am I connected to my abilities, my talents? Am I connected to financial security? Am I connected to the size of our home, to the cars that we drive, to the money that we have, to the technology that I own? Am I connected to, to social media? Am I, what, what did I, am I connected to relationships, to him, to her, to, 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 to the next one, to, to, to the next one? But what, what did I attach my life to that never got me anywhere? That didn't produce anything in my life? I, I'll give you one step further. Can I go one step further? Shake your head this way. I was going to if you said amen or not. I, I, I see people oftentimes, especially religious people, not you, people in first service, religious people come to 9 o'clock, and, 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 and they say, well, pastor, I, oh, I would never do that. I would never connect. Oh, no, 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 I'm not chasing money. money, money I've got money, but money doesn't have me. I, I've got, I, listen, I never let it go to my head. I'm, I'm never going to connect to that. I tell you what, though, Pastor, I, I'm just, I'm just I'm, we, we really don't believe that you have to have a church and a home and a place to grow and all that. We just, we just kind of do our own thing. You know, we just kind of go, that's my good water. We just kind of go to the place we want to. And, and, and you'll find something, you'll say, well, you know, water's in the plant, right? Water's a part of it. So what if I just connect to water? If I just stay connected to water, I guess I'll grow. Now listen to me. Look into my eyes. Is water a part of the growth process? Yes or no? Is water enough to make it produce fruit? Yes or no? And I meet religious people all the time who do just a part of it. So you look religious enough, but you're not connected to the vine. It looks right on the outside. The branch looks like, well, it's in water. Maybe that'll grow. Maybe that'll work. Maybe I'll just go to one Bible study a week. I'm just in my men's group. I just, I just do that one thing. I just do online church. I just, I just go to that. You know, I have a friend right now has a church of 20,000 people in Washington canceled their whole online experience. You know why? He said, you need a church family. You need somebody to come to. You need somebody to hug you and high-five you when you come in. Nothing wrong with going to church online. I do it every Monday. I'm just telling you, it cannot replace. You can put it in water if you want to, but it's not the same same as being connected to the vine everybody it's just not the same looks right it's part of the ingredients but it's not something that will sustain you and there are people in the room today who came to church living life unsustainably can't figure it out 
don't understand. I have an ingredient of health. Why am I not healthy? Because you're not connected. I tried. I climbed the ladder of health. Why am I not? Because you're not connected to the thing that knows you. The thing that created you. The thing that made you how you are. The thing that knows everything about you. The thing that can produce in you what only it can produce in you. The thing that knew the purpose that it had for you. The thing that wrote the book about your life before one day came to be. That thing that knew how much fruit you're supposed to produce. What year you're going to produce it. How it comes. Where it goes. The color it's going to be. That thing is the only thing that will produce a fruitful life. And if you aren't connected, you can do nothing. And Jesus gets to his final meal. Come play, Henry. He gets to his final meal. And he says, there's something I have to tell you. Of all the things I've shown you, of all the people I've raised from the dead, of all the blind eyes I've opened, of all the deaf ears I've opened, of every lame person that's walking again, of every miracle I've performed, of every sermon I've preached, every time I stood on top of a mountain, every person I fed, 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, 4,000, every time I walked on water. I want you to remember all that, but there's something, if, if, there's, if we just have one more meal, there's something I got you to, I got to tell you. If we just got one more time together, just one more meal together, there's just something you got to know. You've got to stay connected to me. You've got to stay connected to me. Don't, don't, don't let other things take away our connectivity. Don't let relationships take away our tech connectivity. Don't, don't let money take away our connectivity. Don't let position and power and, 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 and affluence take away our connectivity. Don't let anybody come between our connectivity. Are you following me? Come on, everybody. If, if I just had one thing to tell you, disciples, I'm, this is it. This is our final meal. This is my last time to teach you. This is the last thing I have to say to you. Stay connected. Stay connected. You're trying to do it on your own. It's not going to work with well, how do I stay connected? Here's the application. I'll, I'll tell you this, and then, and then we'll pray, and I'll let you go. I'll even let you go early because I held you over last week. Not that that matters. I'll hold you over again, <laughs> but I'm just saying. How, how, how do I stay connected? How do I stay? I'm going to give you the deepest thing I'm going to tell you all day. Get, get your pens ready. If you're not taking notes, get, get your phone out, everybody. I'm going to give you the deepest, most profound spiritual truth. When I was studying this week to bring this message to you, I felt like God just, I'm telling you, it just it blew my mind. It was so big. It was so relevant. I know some of you want just revelation. You want the just the deepest. Here it is. Are you ready? Shout, I'm ready. You want to stay connected to the vine? You just do what Jesus says. You just do what he says. You just do what he says. It can't be that easy. Really? Because in the same conversation five verses later, here's what he says in John 15 and 10. If you keep my commandments, if you do what I say, you will. There it is. You'll stay connected. Just branch, when I tell you to go this way, go that way. Branch, when I, when I tell you that the sun's over here, just, just turn that way. Branch, when I tell you that the storm's coming, hang on for dear life. Just hang on for dear life. Because I'm the vine. And I know what you need. And I planned for you to be fruitful every harvest season. I planned for everything in your life to be fruitful and multiply and prosper. I plan for your marriage to grow. I plan for your relationship with your kids to grow. I plan for your finances, your peace, your calling, your joy to grow. Healthy things grow. i got a plan for you. So just do what I tell you to do. And every harvest season, we're going to produce fruit. It's like a story I heard about a parent who asked their kid to go clean their room. Anybody know that, that, that story? <laughs> asked their kid to go, go clean your room. And the kid walks away. He leaves. 
And he comes back, and the, and the parents said, did you clean your room? And just as honest and as sincere as he could, he said, you know what I did, Dad? I memorized what you said about cleaning my room. I loved how you said it. I memorized it word for word. What? That's great. I, I appreciate that. But did you clean your room? I did better than that. I actually got, I got a tattoo on my left arm uh, in Hebrew, uh, what you said when you said, clean my room. I thought it was beautiful in English, but it's even better in Hebrew. When you said, go clean your room, I wanted something to remind me every day in Hebrew when I looked at it to go clean my room. I thought it was so deep and profound that I should clean my room that way. I love how you said it. I got it tattooed on my arm. Yeah, but, but. Did you clean your room? I <clears throat> Tell you what I did. I got seven of my friends together, my little small group. We all got together and went to a coffee shop, and we talked about how profound it was, how you told us all to go clean our room. It was the best small group we'd ever had together. I got all my friends together, and we actually, i tell you what we did, Dad. I love you so much. We studied the Greek meaning of cleaning. It's cleanio. It means to actually clean, and, and I thought it was just so deep. We stayed there two hours. We didn't even realize the place was shutting down. The small group was so amazing, where everybody shared their story of how they had been told to clean their room. But did you? Did you clean your room? I tell you what I did. I did. I tell you what I did. We went to a conference. This was so deep. It was a conference based on how to clean your room. And everybody there was being told by the speaker about how to clean the room more effectively. It was so life-changing. But did you clean your room? Are you following what I'm teaching you today, everybody? We have got so much inspiration. You've been told over and over and over. You want to have a healthy marriage? Here's what it takes. You want, you want a life that honors God? Here's what you do. You, 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 want, you want a relationship that counts? Here's what you get. You don't need any more inspiration. You just need to do what it says so that you can stay connected to the vine. And if, if you're connected, every time he tells you a certain, you just know. Every time he gives you direction, I, just, I feel him now. I know what he's telling me. I know how he's telling me to move. You, but you, you you can't listen. I want you to go to a small group. I have one tonight for parenting, and, 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 and I want to help you, and, and, and I love it. There's nothing wrong with that, but you want to be a really God-honoring parent, you got to stay connected to the vine and say, God, tell me how to parent. Tell me how to make good decisions. Hazel and Henry are growing up in a world I didn't grow up in. I don't have a clue how to lead godly kids in an ungodly world. God, what do I do? The world's changing so fast. God, guard my babies. Guard. God, God, tell me how to make good decisions. Tell me, how, tell me how they can dress, where they can go, who their friends are. Show me before I know the only way I know that is I'm connected to the vine. You go to every marriage counselor you want to go to, I encourage you to. Everybody should be in counseling. I'm in counseling. You need it. Everybody needs a counselor. Nothing wrong with it at all. But sometimes you, your counselor doesn't know what's really going on inside. i got to stay connected to the vine. Vine, tell me what to do. Vine, tell me why I can't sleep. Vine, tell me where joy comes from. Vine, tell me how I get peace. Vine, I want my life to matter. I want my marriage to really count. Tell me how to be a better husband, a better father. Tell me how to talk to her like I need to talk to her. Tell me what she needs from me. I've read every book. I've gone to every session. I've heard every message but I need to stay connected to you because you've got everything I need is in the vine it's in the vine and as much as I love you attending this church attending this church doesn't connect you to the vine 
As much as I love you on the team, it doesn't connect you to the vine. you got to stay connected and do what He tells you to do. If He tells you to pray, you don't need to ask anybody else. Just come to prayer. Just pray. If He tells you to fast, just fast. If you open this book and it tells you to love your neighbor, love your neighbor. If it tells you to serve, get on the dream team. Start making a difference with your life. If it tells you to lead a group, lead a group. If it tells you to get in a group, get in a group. If it tells you to get on the growth track, if it tells you to tithe, you don't have to pray about what the Bible tells you to do. Just do what He says. Support. Talk positive about your church. Love your neighbor. Bring people to church. Witness to the lost. Just do what He says. Just do. If you'll do what I command, you'll remain. I'll tell you. I'll tell you every move to make. I'll tell you when you don't know which way to go. I'll tell you when you're lost. I'll tell you how to find true north. I'll tell you how to find when the sun's shining. It's this way, Branch. I'll tell you where the water sources are. It's, you, you, you ever seen a tree by a river? The Bible says you're like a tree planted by water. You ever seen one? You ever seen it in the deep south? You, you've seen, Stu, you've seen this. You, but in the deep south, you've seen those. They, they lean into the water. You know why? Because the, 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 the vine told them, hey, there's water there. There's a source there. You want to know how to refresh your soul? You want to know how to find peace in a desert? you got to stay connected. It'll always tell you, here's water. Here's something to refresh you. If you want to know how to grow, if you want to know how your life can be prosperous and fruitful, if you want to know how to bear much fruit, remain in me. I'll remain in you. And you will bear much fruit. Bow your heads all over the house. Close your, close your eyes. Lord Jesus. I thank you that I feel you in this moment. I literally feel that breeze of the Holy Spirit moving through the room of people who feel disconnected. People who live their lives trying to find somewhere else. What can I connect to? Status, money, homes, people, relationships. I've done everything I know to do. I've connected. I've chased everything I know how to chase. And I still feel unfulfilled, unhappy, no joy. No peace, no purpose, no fulfillment. So Jesus, today, come on, every head bowed, today, I want to come back home to you. God, your word said that that we're, we're like a branch that's been grafted in. I love that language in the New Testament. That, that tells me that there's a possibility through the new birth that I get to be born again as, as somebody connected that you'll graft me back in, that, 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 that you'll put the pieces back together that I broke off, that I disconnected, that I, I, I messed up, that I, I spent my life chasing money, chasing relationships, chasing things that didn't matter, significance, value. So I'm coming home. None of that stuff's produced fruit, really. I'm still unhappy. Still can't sleep at night. Still don't have any joy. Still don't feel fulfilled. Now, if that's you today, nobody's looking around, would you just be bold and honest and say, Pastor, include me in this final prayer. That's me, disconnected. And I want to be reconnected to the thing that created me, knows me, sustains me, gives me life and hope and ministry and calling. If that's you, come on, hands up all over the building right now. Hands up. There they are. Hands up. Everywhere. Hands are everywhere. Oh. I'm, t- I'm talking to somebody right now. The Holy Spirit is talking to you. You've disconnected from ministry. You know, you know full well God called you. You know what you were supposed to do, where you were when He called you, how long He called you. What He, he, didn't, he didn't revoke. He didn't take that away because life went south. He didn't take that away because decisions that you didn't make affected you. He, he, he didn't take that away from you. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He never takes that off of your life. Where are you at? Come on, that's me. 
disconnected. Seems religious. Put, put my life in this bottle of water. Seems like it just looks right, but I know it's not. It looks like a branch, but I'm not connected and I'm dying on the inside. 30 more seconds. Anybody else? Come on, hands up boldly. You say, it's me, it's me, it's me. Now bow your heads, everybody out loud. Come on, I'm not going to single you out. I never would make you come to the front or make you feel uncomfortable. But I want everybody in the room to pray this from the depths of your soul, deep down. Say it out loud. Say, dear Jesus, I need you today. I feel disconnected. been living on my own, doing my own thing, chasing things that don't matter, attaching to things that don't matter. Connecting to things that don't bring me life. Connecting to people, relationships, choices that aren't sustaining me. And if I look back over my life, it's been pretty unfruitful. The last few years, the last few decades have been unfruitful. No joy, no peace. Things aren't growing. My marriage isn't growing. My relationship with God isn't growing. I'm disconnected. So today, come on everybody praying. So today, I'm asking you to craft me back into the vine. To put me back together like you created me to be. I give you my whole life. My brokenness. My sin. My stuff. My mistakes. My dreams. My future. My kids. My hopes. What I really want to do. What I think you've called me to do. Would you put me back together? Would you reattach me at my broken places? Would you connect me back to the vine so that I can live again? In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. In Jesus' name, shout a big amen. Come on, let's give God praise for the word of God.